0: welcome to she will not fall a podcasting community dedicated to women who are daring to reimagine and redefine their faith their gift and their call and how they present them to the world I'm your host marielle and as always it is a privilege and a pleasure to be back into the sacred space with you I can't believe it but we are almost done with season two we have three more episodes left to go uh, and this season has just been absolutely incredible and amazing um, as we've unpacked liberation with our guests. Today we have another amazing guest, but before I dive into today's guest, I want to remind you about a couple of things. Number one, you can follow us on Instagram at SheWillNotFallCollective. Again, SheWillNotFallCollective. If you'd like to be a part of the Patreon community, you can go to patreon.com backslash I am T. If you'd like to give a one-time donation you can check the show notes for how to do that today my very special guest is holly um i met holly on twitter as i have with a lot of the guests that i've had on the podcast and uh, i knew i really wanted to talk to her and pick her brain and just hear her thoughts and her perspectives and she's so transparent in our conversation um And I really left our conversation inspired. And I know that you will too. Uh, So I'm not going to delay it any further. Sit back, relax, and let's hear this week why Holly will not fall. All right. Welcome to another episode of She Will Not Fall. It's season two. And of course, we're talking about liberation. And I'm really excited for my guest today. Holly is with us on the podcast. So welcome to She Will Not Fall. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. So the opening question that we give guests for season two, um, it can be a tough one, but I think it gives us a good glimpse of your personality and all of those things. So if you had to describe yourself as a song title or a book title, what would it be and why?
1: Right. So I thought about this and it's funny because like my preferred genre is R&B. Like I listen to R&B almost all the time, but this song is not even close to that. Uh, The first song that comes to mind is On Top of the World by, I can't even remember who it's by. I can look it up, but. um, Is it Brandy?
0: Is it her version?
1: No, no no it's oh, like okay. it's like this really bouncy song and it's that's like I'm on top of the world hey I'm on top of the world hey I've been waiting on this for a while now uh Ooh. like it's like talking about being like the first line is if you love somebody uh you better tell them while they're he- here because they just might mm. run away from you or something and it's just like yeah. um it's just this bouncy fun song <laughs> that and I relate like Cause right now I just do feel like I'm on top of the world. I've never felt this good about life. I've never felt this good about, you know, like I wake up each day and yeah, I might be more tired or more anxious or whatever. But by the end of the day, I'm like happy. And even when hard things happen, I don't, I used to be like, okay, we made it to the end of the day. Let's do tomorrow kind of thing and get through. Now it's like, I don't end my days sad, like not generally speaking. And that doesn't mean hard stuff doesn't happen. Like, you know, I just. There's a lot that's going on, but I don't know. I'm just like on top of the world.
0: I love that. That's so great. No, I love it when you are at like a moment of tranquility and serenity Mm -hmm. in your life. So it's like, okay, yeah, that happened. Like, I always know the moments where because something could happen and my spirit is just like, yeah, we'll just deal with it versus I'm freaking out, <laughs> and like, trying to figure out
1: what yeah. am I supposed
0: to do? So I love those moments and those pockets.
1: Yeah, OK. Let me lead, read you some of these. It's by Imagine Dragons. Uh, okay. It says, if you love somebody, better tell them while they're here because they just may run away from you. You'll never know what went, what went well. But then again, it just depends on what how long of time is left for you. I've had the highest mountains. I've had the deepest rivers. You can have it all, but not till you move it. Now take it in, but don't look down because I'm on top of the world. Hey, wow. I'm on top of the world. Hey, i uh, been waiting on this for a while now, paying my dues to the dirt. I've been waiting to smile. Hey, been holding it in for a while. Take it with me with I." If I can, been dreaming of this since I, since a child because I'm on top of the world. Um, and then it goes, I've tried to cut these corners, tried to take the easy way out. I kept on falling short of something. I couldn't gave up then. But then again, I couldn't have because I've traveled all this way for something. Now take it in, but don't look down because I'm on top of the world. Wow. Yeah. And it's like so bouncy and fun. Like yeah, it's But not, the it's lyrics like, are so deep. <laughs> yeah. But it's like. It, you, it, it just like I think there's like some whistling in it. It's like you'll have to listen to it, Maria. Like, seriously. I'm
0: definitely gonna add it to the it's playlist. It's so
1: much fun, and there's like gang vocals. By that I mean like lots of people like on the yeah. haze, and it's just like,
0: da, 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 da.
1: it's just so much fun. I love it. I so, love that so much and it is very much my personality. I have a very bouncy yes. personality. I don't know if that comes across as much on Twitter. It does. I feel like I'm always talking. It really doesn't. <laughs> But it's so beautiful to to me. I love it. Like I
0: love being around happy, bouncy people because, like, life is already hard. So when somebody Mm -hmm. just has such a, their joy is contagious. Like I love that.
1: I'm so glad. I feel like on Twitter, I'm always so such a downer and being like abuse sucks. Don't defend abusers. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, true things. But like, if you meet me in real life, I like skip down the hallways at work, and I, oh I take my off my God. shoes and run down the hallway in my socks. My coworker was like, "What <laughs> is a, a child?" <laughs> I was like,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that. I think. I think honestly, that is definitely going to lend itself to the conversation of liberation because people think, "Oh, you're doing this work, no, and so you must. It's twenty four seven, and you are always like." On a soapbox. Like, no, dude, I like to laugh. Like, I like being silly. Um, I like telling jokes. Like, all of
1: those things. So, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, like, live by the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so just, like, it's how I get through. Yes. Like, and I I do think that is part of being liberated is saying, like, I'm not in chains, so you can't take my joy. Like, I'm not letting you chain me to this sadness. I'm not letting you chain me to this despair that you're handing me. Like, you can't take my joy from me because I'm free. Yes. You know, I'm not chained to your ideals. I'm not chained chained to what you say that I have to be. I can be joyful, even if things are hard around me, you know, like, it's just, yes, there is something in joy and celebration that I think is so intricately linked to liberation. I always
0: say that having joy is resistance to the world that is consistently trying to rob
1: you of it. Exactly. So like, you can't take it from me. It's not yours to take. At all. And I think in that you're, you're, you're setting yourself apart. You're saying No. Like you're, like you said, it's resistance. It's standing steadfast where you are saying, nope. Yeah. That's the boundary. Yeah, You you can come at me, but you're going to run into a wall and it's my joy wall. Yeah.
0: That's so good to me. That is so good to me. So let's talk about that, unpack it a little bit and let's talk about liberation. And I always say with Um, our guests, you know, I know that there is a communal definition of liberation for groups of people. um, But I always like to start with you. So how do you define liberation? What does that mean for you personally? One, clearly it is having joy. So that has to be a part of it.
1: (laughs) I think like for me, I think of things like being free to feel because like I feel so deeply and I do think like even as a black woman I don't always have the like the the room to feel because of like I'm judged by this that if I'm too angry I'm the angry black woman if I'm feeling a little petty I'm too sassy if I'm like you know all of these different things and so much of the ways we are told we can feel as black women are based against whiteness against others' comfortability. I think for me, liberation is getting to just feel. I feel this because I'm a real human being who has feelings. I talked about it in that Twitter thread I told you about that like, I feel things and I don't get to feel them out there sometimes. Like I come home and then I lay the burden down and then I'm able to feel them. And I think that being liberated and being liberated in all places is just like, if I'm sad, I'm gonna cry. And they're going to be real and you're not going to tell me I'm being manipulative because I've been told that before. If yeah. I'm happy, I'm going to be joyful and I'm going to be taken seriously in my joy. Yeah. If I'm feeling frustrated, let me feel frustrated because it's a hard world and we do hard things. Our existence is difficult. It's a good one. I would not want to be anything but a black woman, but like it's difficult and it requires yeah. resilience. Yes. And so I might get frustrated, and it's entirely right that I feel frustrated, and that's okay. So, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind like letting us be multifaceted, whole people instead of these two dimensional beings that people place on us. Yeah. So, so, yeah, like
0: I think you also will find yourself. So, part of the things that I'm unlearning is that I've had to create versions of myself to survive in certain spaces, because like you're saying, I know if I cry, you're right. Either it'll be people will label it as manipulative or, you know, that I'm an emotional person and I'm not stable (laughs) or, you know. um, And so I think for me, it has been working on, on trying to be my whole authentic self wherever I am. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: don't make apologies for what i feel like mm-hmm. if you said something that was disrespectful then i have the right to be upset <laughs> that doesn't make me angry or bitter or any of that no i have the right to be upset and that doesn't make me the angry black woman it makes me the woman that you just disrespected and i'm about to come back at you
1: <laughs> like like so... <laughs> i'm not supposed to feel that like you could just say and you could talk crazy to me and it doesn't matter like
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> Do not, and I do think there is something like at the core of that that's saying you don't see me as human, then, because a human being has real responses to these things, and you're saying I can't have them. Do I not get to be human? Don't I have every right to be just as human as you? If I had said that to you, you would feel things, but nobody telling you you can't feel them. Right.
0: Like it's yeah, it's a. You're taking
1: humanity from me every single time, and I refuse. I refuse to live into that narrative that I'm not a whole human.
0: Exactly. And I think we have conditions for who we give grace to. You know, like it's very frustrating um, to me because I have been in spaces where white women and white men, um, more specifically cisgendered heterosexual white men are given so much grace and pass, but the moment that a black person, a person of color does something. And especially if it's a woman, it is done, cut and dry. Like there is no grace. You shouldn't have responded like that. You shouldn't have done that. You should, whatever. And so I just want people to listen, that are listening to know you're worthy of grace (laughs) and people who don't give that to you, that's not the space you need to be in. I was just
1: talking to someone in, I was talking in messages with them. I was explaining a story of abuse that I had gone through at the church I just left. Um, I have been speaking up a little bit more about the spiritual abuse that I went through, the racism that I encountered in a very white church setting. I am a youth minister, I, I am in vocational ministry. And I was working at this church and they were racist and sexist and just, it was spiritually abusive. And I was telling someone who still goes to that church about this story. And because I thought that this person could hear it because they'd liked a tweet that was like, oh, you care so much about the Hillsong scandal, but you don't want to, but you don't want to hear about the scandals in your own church. And so, and then I see that tweet get liked and that retweet get liked. I didn't tweet it, but somebody else anyways, and he he likes it. And I was like, okay, let me talk to you about this. I tell this person the whole, I tell this person the story and they defended these elders this is a black man, <laughs> and I'm going. They were racist. They led people to feeling suicidal. They, and I got told, "I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I love this church and I love these elders." Wow. God is just using all of us imperfect people to do His work. I live. I clapped back so quick. <laughs> As you should i was like you don't get to use my god's name like that nope say what you want say what you be careful you sure you sure this is where you want to land with abusive elders that pushed people to feeling suicidal people who have left the faith these pastors have caused people to leave the faith yeah and that's you're gonna say god's just using imperfect people no no god stands in opposition to them and if you say you love them, then you should love them enough to say this is wrong and you will stand before God and give an account for this. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I have no space for it anymore. I've become a more liberated person as I've been leaving my old life behind Left behind a racist marriage, left behind a racist church, left behind a city I did not feel at home in, even though it was where I was born and raised. And so as I've moved from that into a new season, new life, new church, like new position where I feel so seen, so welcome, so accepted um, and honored and valued, I have like found this freer, fuller version of myself so that now I just give my opinions, whereas like I would shy and be like, well, here's what I think. And then I'd be told, oh, you're so critical or whatever. Now I'm just like, well, (laughs) here's what I think. Here's what I think from my years of experience. Here's what I think from being a Black woman. Here's what I think. And you can either take that and say, wow, thank you for sharing of yourself and doing this emotional labor so that we can be better or you can deny it. And then you suck.
0: (laughs) Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. (sighs) I literally what I'm hearing is it's not just community that matters. It's the right community that one makes you feel seen, but two also can give you the encouragement support that you need to become the better version of yourself. And so many folks don't have that. And I, I really, I am really hoping that more spaces of liberation, more resources, more teachings, all of those things, because being able to have that type of support with the right community, you become your best self. <laughs> and so when you don't have the right community, it's it it suffocates you. Like it, it will literally suffocate you. Take the breath well, right I- out of you
1: imagine it like it's a for plants like it's a biblical parallel or a parable but like you can be you can be a beautiful plant surrounded by weeds or thorns and you, it will choke you out it yeah. will take all of the nutrients from you or you could be with other like-minded plants you could be like, like with similar plants that will help you grow and suddenly you're this beautiful garden yeah. and like It's the difference, like I actually think in some ways it's the difference between life and death, whether spiritual or emotional or physical sometimes, you know, like it matters who you have around you. And so often we settle for less than, we settle for less than feeling valued. We settle for less than being seen or we settle for power rather than love.
0: Oh, unpack that. (laughs)
1: So I'm thinking in spaces where we have proximity to power and, but it comes with a price, right? We'll give you power. If you will be our token, we'll give you power. Mm -hmm. If you be less than who you fully are, we'll give you power. If you don't say this, that, and the other. So we think, wow, we can be influential. We can have power and we can make changes, but you're showing up as less than yourself. So what kind of change are you going to make? So then we settle for power instead of love. Now, when you're loved as your whole self, how can you not be influencing the people around you? Because if they love you and if they see you, they'll want to be like you or they'll be willing to hear from you and learn from you. That's influence. We settle for power instead of love.
0: Oh, that's heavy. (laughs) but It's such a good way, like in such a good way, Um, because I think We typically are looking for positions and things, and just to think about the folks who do have power and they know that and they manipulate that for control. Like that, that resonates with me. That resonates so much with me.
1: So then those people who are like handing you power that you're like, that I would say you're settling for, you're being shaped in their image, which is in the image of a manipulator, of an abuser. Or yeah. you can be loved, like truly loved for who you are and flourish. Yeah. I, I think, think that we can't flourish without love, like At as all. people, like love is a fertilizer to help us grow. We can't, we cannot, but we forget that. And so we'll settle for these these broken cisterns these broken versions will settle for power will settle for influence will settle for for popularity all of these different things when what we really are looking for is love
0: and the right time i think that people have fraudulent love right and i think oh yeah the the piece of the power is where we feel like we are being loved but it is is a performance-based version. So really, that's not really loving you. That's loving your labor. That's not loving you
1: though. (laughs) But that's what I mean. I don't think that's love. Like we keep keep using the word love and that's why I'm like, no, we're settling for power. You think it's Mm -hmm. love, you're actually settling for power. You're settling for popularity. You're settling for influence. You're not actually getting love because love says you don't have to show up as anything but where you are right now and you are loved in that moment. Yes. Be that person. You can show up and just be in tears and we want you. You can show up and be so high performing. We want you. You can show up and be somewhere in the middle, kind of bleh. We want you. It's not fair weather. It doesn't change based on mood. It is uh valued. You are valued for the person that you are, like you said, or not your labor, not your output, not not who you can be for somebody else, not just by your action, but. Simply by being a black person in a white space that's willing to be in the white space and give, you know, your black person check, like black person verified, you know, like, right, right, like, you're just loved. If you could do nothing for me, I still want you here. That's the kind of love that we should be after. And I think when we feel free in ourselves, when we feel like, no, I, me, I'm worth that, then we're okay waiting for that love to come along. That's, like, something I'm learning in, like, personal relationships with men. I was in a really unhealthy, abusive relationship. <laughs> and I I think because of trauma and, like, abandonment in my, like, childhood with my father and all of these things, I was willing to settle for a love that expected me, me to be less than I am. And that's not love. Yeah. You were loving and... A different person but it certainly exactly. wasn't holy like I wasn't free to be me and in fact I started to hate myself because I knew who I was and I knew who I needed to be and there was a gap and all I lived in was that gap yeah but liberation was leaving that believing God still loved me right. because he loved me and he called me to freedom called me to be me he made me as me that for anyone to care for me and any less than that any less than who I am is not actually freedom it's not actually growth as a person and I think that's it it translates everywhere like we do it everywhere looking for this love that will we know will help us grow intellectually we know but it costs to wait it feels more lonely all of these things I waited a long time like been waiting on this for a while now like the song said like this is where I'm living now like Like, since I was a child, literally, my mom says that I was in eighth grade talking about wanting to move to the U.S. from Canada. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to do it until I was 29. That's a lot of years. Almost 30. So that's 17 years I waited. You know, uh, like, the last 10 years have been so hard, feeling not valued, not not seen, all of these things. But it was like, but I know it's out there. I know it's out there. Now I'm, like, living in it.
0: I love that. Can we explore a little bit of like internal liberation? Because Mm -hmm. I I feel like (laughs) that you, it's like it starts with you. Like you need to be liberated first. So, what is some advice that you would give to somebody who is sitting within that tension within themselves of trying to be liberated, but there's still this hold of staying in this place that is not not the best for them. They can't be their whole self, but they desire that, but just really don't know where to start.
1: Imagine your worst case scenario. (laughs) Like, honestly, what is the worst thing that happens if you leave this behind? Mm. What is the worst thing that happens? For me, I was held back for so long by I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to get judged if i leave my marriage because i'm a christian and christian women aren't supposed to get divorced and i was a pastor (laughs) like i'm a black woman pastor who's like looking at getting divorced do i not have enough things that'll make it hard for me (laughs) to do my job (laughs) yes i'll be alone forever all of these things and then i got let go from my job outside of me entirely my marriage is falling apart and it just is not tenable anymore. I was living my worst case scenario and I was better than ever. Did, I, did it feel really shitty? Yes, horribly so, horribly so. And then, and then it didn't. And then slowly but surely I started healing and I started discovering these parts of me that I had sacrificed on the altar of fake love. And I started gathering those pieces up again and putting them back in all their different spots that they're supposed to go. And I'm looking at this mosaic that's coming together, these puzzle pieces, and I'm starting to see the full picture. And I'm like, damn, I love her. (laughs) No wonder I hated myself. That wasn't her. Who was that? Her, this piece, this, 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 like, masterpiece that's coming together. Damn, she's awesome. She's fly. Yes. And it took losing everything. Everything. I (laughs) didn't have a job. My husband had moved out. And I was realizing just how abusive things had been. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I potentially was not going to be able to be in ministry in that city at all. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And um, all of these things. And my friends from my church weren't willing to leave the church over the abuse that I had gone through, me and others. And so there's this schism between me and a bunch of friends. And I'm just like, well, shit. You're right. <laughs> I'm because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what it took. Like it actually, I think, takes these shackles being smashed. So go to the worst case scenario. Imagine it and go, is it is that actually worse than what I'm living right now? Is it worse than living in chains? Yeah.
0: Because
1: that's the price we pay all the time.
0: Yeah. Yes. So one of the things that I've been telling folks, like, as I'm in this process of i of liberation for myself, but also deconstructing at the same time and unlearning some things and learning some things at the same time, I was like, I realized that I am not rediscovering myself. I'm actually discovering myself because there has always been this version of myself that was never me. And so, at my big age now <laughs> at my big age now it is <laughs> it is who am i what do i really want like i i think a big part of liberating yourself you're going to have to ask yourself some tough questions and be honest with yourself and i think some folks that terrifies them because it, let's be very honest in a lot of our religious spaces we're handed answers we don't have to think we're just told this is what it is if mm-hmm. you just think this it's going to be okay so we don't have to do the heavy lifting but liberation requires heavy lifting liberation for yourself is going to require investigation into what you believe into who you think you are and you're going to have to sit with yourself ask some really tough questions of yourself and then be incredibly honest with yourself to figure out like you're saying all those little pieces to make the whole picture and that journey and that process scares the living hell out of folks like literally and I think that's why a lot of people shy away from it so they they know the comfort of bondage like, I know it's not good for me, but I'm comfortable here. Yeah. I know this is harmful for me, but at least I know what to expect. I don't know what's on the other side of this.
1: Um, I think of the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt. And like when they got to the desert and they started complaining they were like, let us go back to Egypt. Let us go back to our bondage. And they actually thought after everything they'd been through for like 400 years, they thought this thing that's ahead because we don't know what it looks like, and it looks hard, it is better to go back to what we knew. And like, imagine, imagine, because what was coming was so beautiful. Yes. Hard, sure. But is shackles you know better than a freedom you don't? Ooh.
0: That's tweetable.
1: (laughs) I spent too much time on Twitter, my girl. (laughs) I'm currently on a break from my break from Twitter. I was I for all of Lent I've been off of Twitter except for Sundays. And then and then you know Will and Chris, they did the the thing happened on Sunday, yes. and I was like, I need to process this. I got to process it. Got to go to Twitter. I need space, and it's, it's. I just I need to get my thoughts out with people yes. <laughs> who are you yes. know I need to be part of the discourse. And then I was like, oh, it's taken a few days. Well, this week's a <laughs> <of> us. <laughs> so we'll start. We'll try and start again next week.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> or maybe we don't. And I made it this far. I made it right. three or
0: four weeks. Giving yourself the grace right there. You know,
1: Lent isn't in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I had to have, okay, this is this deconstruction though. So looking at tradition and going tradition serves me and my relationship with the Lord. Great. If I am starting to hold it over myself as a metric on if I'm a good enough Christian, then I've missed the point. So like, I've been back on Twitter this week and I've been like feeling guilty about it because Holly, you didn't make it through Lent. Okay. But who says making it through Lent is the same yeah. yeah. I chose this. I chose this as a way to get closer to God. And I've actually seen that happen through choosing to pick up other spiritual practices through doing other things. And that's okay. If I make it to here and it's like, And now I'm going to put this back into my life because life circumstances or because it's straight up hard and maybe God is okay with me just enjoying myself. And it doesn't need to be a mark of, am I a true enough Christian?
0: (laughs) Right. I don't know. I think, I, and I think that's a big piece of it for me too, with, with being liberated personally, it is, um, what I hold as sacred for me, like, you may not practice it, but for me, like, and that's okay. Like I was having a conversation with somebody and I was like, fasting does nothing for me. I was like, Mm -hmm. I've never felt, and I said, but I don't knock it for other folks because they have had really powerful moments with God after they've done that. And I was like, but for me, I haven't seen that fruit, but in other ways I've experienced God in such a powerful, intimate way where I grew up Oh, if you didn't fast. It's like it was the end of the world. <laughs> like every every um, year, the whole church would go on a fast, and they were like, "Well, if you needed an answer, you needed to fast. If you fast and all pray, things. yes, yes." <laughs> so the amount of times I've heard that, <laughs> right? Like everything was fast,
1: pray. Fast, I'm like, and pray. Mama, I need. This. I'm I'm waiting on God for this. Okay, I'll fast and pray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And she means it and she'll do it. And God answers her. So I don't know. She's the apple of his eye or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, I'm like, I'm I Like, don't, we don't have,
1: like, God and I have a
0: different connection. It's totally different. Like, you know, so I used to feel really bad about it. And so yeah. I would um, be like, what's wrong with me? Like, why does, why is God not connecting with me in this way? And then I'm like, wait there's nothing wrong with me. I need to find ways that God, I feel like I'm communing with God. This just may not be it. (laughs) Like that doesn't make me a bad Christian.
1: (laughs) Okay. I have some thoughts here. (laughs) I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about God and like the amount of times we see God move towards freedom and wholeness, you Mm -hmm. know, in the scriptures and like whether it's the story of the Israelites being freed from Egypt, um, or you know Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection being the thing that frees us from the shackles of death, uh, his overcoming, um, and and the freedom that we see in kingdom come. Like what's what's coming? The the kingdom that we know is coming is a kingdom where freedom reigns. Yeah. Um, i think of like second Corinthians says where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom
0: yeah
1: there's a liberation like when we see the spirit of god fall we should see freedom not more shackles i think of you know i uh galatians it is for freedom that christ has set you free Mm -hmm. you know if anyone uh uh he is, um, if any, uh, the, who, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed, like over and over, we see this like, theme of freedom and then we place shackles on people. Like they need to all serve the Lord the same, even though that he has like freed us. How is that? Like, I think we've, we've gotten out of step with what the Bible has said. That's my laundry. <laughs> we've fallen out of step. With the yeah. spirit, if we're doing something other than freedom, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free where the spirit of the Lord is, there's is freedom. And then we're like, also you need to do this, 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 and this. Right. And this is gonna be where like, mm, and I'm not saying that like true freedom means you can do whatever you want. I'm not saying that. Right. But I do think we need to be careful to keep like, to not shackle people in where the Lord has said, ah, free, freedom is yours in my name. Yeah. And
0: I think a lot of people start feeling those chains fall off in the midst of COVID, not being in the church. Like, and I've heard so many folks be like, this is the strongest my relationship has ever been with God because I I have my own rituals of how I connect with him, with, with God. You know, I have my own um, ways in which I connect with God and it looks different from what I was told versus this has more fruit the way I'm doing this. And so, uh, so many folks that I've talked to, like, yeah, I don't know if I, if, if, you know, it's, it's been different outside of church because I feel more of a freedom in my relationship with God. And I'm like, so what does that say about those of us who are serving in church, serving in ministry, how do we create a space for liberation of like we've been saying people being able to be themselves and not us dictating every little mm-hmm. thing that they need to do and just enjoy their relationship with God.
1: Yeah. I, uh, so I'm, like I've said, I'm a youth pastor. Uh, my title is director of youth, Min- youth and family ministry. And eventually I'll hopefully get ordained and be Reverend Holly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll get to be pastor uh, by title, not by gifting because I'm already doing pastoral work Yeah. and, um, I am a youth pastor that doesn't do devos in the morning. And I don't know if you grew up this way, but you got, you were told, I was told to get up in the morning and read my Bible, have my quiet time with the Lord. And that was really where my relationship with the Lord would get tight. Yes. Maybe I tried for 28 years. It didn't work. (laughs) 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 Now, I dare, I dare somebody to come at me with biblical knowledge. Ask me, if I could give you verses on verses on verses. I am not saying I haven't studied the scriptures. What I'm saying is that I am not a quiet person in the morning, hold my cup of coffee, have my Bible out open and spend my time with God and take an Instagram photo. And you know, everybody yeah. enjoy my piety right. and give me all of the props. Like that's not me, but you know where you will find me in a conversation with someone else about the Bible. Today, my conversations have included, just like, because this is what I'm thinking about with friends, what does it look like to have a healthy sexual ethic according to, like, to the Bible? What does it look like for people to have different ones and still be faithful? Yeah. You're telling me that I'm not getting closer to God in my relationship as I'm trying to figure out how to please him in a sexual ethic, in a, in a free sexual ethic that, but that mm-hmm. I still like, for me, you'd still look at me and probably be like, wow, she's super traditional, but I'm thinking through it. Yes. And for me, freedom is that I got to think through it and I got, and I still landed here. No one's making me. I'm going, I think this is where I'm going to experience the flourishing God has created me for. Yes. But I thought through it. And that's, and that, that's holy work. Think Oof. women, we're going to talk about sex. And, and literally push against the evils of purity culture and talk yes. about it and talk about all the different things that we were told we couldn't. You're telling me that's not holy work, that we're not living in freedom, that Christ has set us free for, that we don't have to feel dirty about our bodies, that we've been created with, and that God yes. created us in his image and said we're good? That, how is that not communing with God? Oh my gosh. Like, find me there. Yes. You know? <laughs> Yes. find me there and no it doesn't look like devos in the morning but like why do we think that everyone has to do that yes i don't get it
0: i don't either like cause... but
1: somehow it's become a thing you know it's definitely a thing. A friend, i was like hey you grew up in kenya did you were you told this all the time he's like no it's so weird we did not do this and i and it was at that point that i realized it's like a western evangelical christian thing and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but i think that Certain cultures emphasize different things and we have not left room for that. So for me, meeting with the Lord looks like a prayer in the morning and Mm. setting my mind on him because I bet you I will not remember what I read in the morning if I try and read. Mm. Well, I remember my prayer. No, but I trust that the Lord is working and he's going to use it somehow. And the same thing with my, maybe the same thing with the Devo reading, but I it's not where I'm connecting and I leave feeling more discouraged because I didn't do it right because I didn't feel connected because yes, no. So I wake up and I do a breath prayer and mm. often I find I do a breath prayer before I'm even fully awake. So it'll be the, like partway through the day and I'll know, wow, I did a breath prayer this morning and I know I did it, but I don't remember what I said, but like, there's words right away. Yeah. I have something to say. I have something to breathe in and I have something to exhale. And
0: I've centered myself on God for the day. Yes. Is that is? Yes, I love that. I so love. You I love. It. Like go do those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love um, just the ability to ask questions. That you know, I can challenge the easy answers that have always been given to me, and then I can ask really hard questions and sit with that, unpack that, talk to folks in my community. Um, I will say something that I have paid attention to with deconstruction is it, it is incredibly jarring probably to your system to try to do that by yourself. Um, you need community. You need folks who can help you on those days where you're going to be so overwhelmed because you're like, I've been told this my whole life and I'm really starting to discover this isn't accurate. Or um, like I say, some folks are very used to just being told what they didn't have to think. And so now it is that some folks, it is tough because they lost the community that they had because they've decided to try to liberate themselves. Um, I want folks to try to find some form of community. It could be online. It could be in person, like whatever that is. Because doing internal liberation for yourself is, it is hard work, but it's holy work, like you said. And yeah, we, you need the the community to help support you through that.
1: Uh, Do you ever get told, do you ever have that picture brought up of Moses? And Moses is trying i think it's like water needs to come down or something needs to be provided or some something needs to be part of i don't exactly remember but something needs to happen and for it to be accomplished moses has to keep his hands up the whole time and his arms start to get tired yes and the only way that it gets accomplished is because two people come in and they hold his hands for him yes and that to me is so beautiful that like it, was, it became a community project that this thing that God asked Moses to do was not possible to do alone. And Moses tried it on his own and it didn't work. And it was his community that came around him and said, no, we will help you accomplish your purpose. And I think that that's so important, especially in this work of liberation. I, as someone, so I haven't had like the typical deconstruction type of thing because I think I have been questioning and like my highest strength on strength finders is input so I'm constantly taking in information. I'm this, but like everything else is like, woo, communication, <laughs> developer. But my first one is input. So I'm constantly taking in information. I have been forming my, like intentionally choosing and forming my theology, looking to the scripture since I was young in 11th grade. I think I remember deciding, I'm not just going to accept whatever I'm told by a pastor. I want to look it up for myself. And so yes. I was 16, <laughs> And so it's been 14 years of that. So for me, I think there has been just like a constant Jesus, is this you? Yes or no? No. Okay, then I need to throw it out. And certainly there have been more accelerated times of that and less accelerated times of that. But it's something I've tried to keep doing. I think it's actually something we should constantly be doing, deconstructing and reconstructing until we see Jesus. You know, like, I actually think that's something that we're called to do wrestle with the faith because like I think we should constantly be growing and that's the work we actually partake with the Holy Spirit he's the one who helps us he she whatever you use like is the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us grow and it is Holy Spirit's job to cultivate that and so we are partnering with the Holy Spirit in that work but it makes me so sad that the church is in a safe place to do that. I like every time I think about like people who are deconstructing outside of community, I'm like, your church wasn't safe. And that is a shame because what if we could have these conversations in these, in these places? What if we were so surrendered to the spirit of God that we said, Holy spirit, take us where you will, even if it's uncomfortable. Yes. And so when people ask questions, we don't feel threatened. We say we're surrendered to Holy spirit and here's what Holy spirit has shown us. So you, you, you're not stronger than Holy spirit. So you can ask your question you know but so often we're so scared in the church to have this question this belief challenged. and sure it's scary but we're so scared that we don't let people ask the question and we try and toss them out we try and stamp it out and then we harm the sheep and i just am like this is not of god
0: no it's not and i think some pieces of it is control
1: absolutely (laughs) Absolutely. But like, but the question, I I don't think control is what we terminate on. Why do we want that control? What's underneath that? Because we want control for some reason. Yes. Whether that's power, I think more often than not, the reason we seek control is fear. It's not just I want to be in power over people. It's I'm scared. If I'm not the one in power, where will we go? If I'm not, Mm. if I don't have the control, where will I be taken along with? What will happen? Will I be tossed out? Will I have, will I be meaningless? Will I be considered useless? All of these things. I, I don't think control is for control's sake. I wonder what's underneath it. That's the question I'm always asking. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so I just go, it is to our, detriment and to our shame that the church is not a place where people can deconstruct because I wonder how much more reconstruction and like healthy reconstruction we would see if the church was a safe place to deconstruct because say say we're deconstructing and we take a piece off and it is actually of the Lord but we have for whatever reason have not seen that and we've thrown it away what if someone could come along and pick it up and be like oh you dropped this yeah I actually think this would fit in right here. You were trying to fit it in over here. I think it actually goes up here.
0: Yeah. Oh. I wonder how many we've lost. Right. That's, and that's
1: I, I, and I, here's the thing. All of that said, no one can pluck the sheep from Jesus' hand. I believe that. And mm-hmm. so no matter what has happened, I believe that the sheep are in Jesus' hand, that he is the good shepherd. Um, and I trust that. I just think that we will have to give an account.
0: Yeah. Oh, we have talked about some amazing things. And (laughs) I always, I love this podcast because I just love conversations. You never know how the conversation is going to go, but I love um, that we've kind of landed on internal liberation and the Mm -hmm. ways in which to engage in that work Um. I'm going to leave it to you. Do you have any final thoughts? And then let people know where they can follow you and support you.
1: Well, if you are in Christ, then it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And do not submit yourself to a yoke of slavery again. If you're not in Christ, if that's not something you claim for yourself, I want you to know that I believe there is a God who has declared your worth over you. So you have worth. (laughs) And even if you don't claim that you have worth, find that worth and live into it and then live into that freedom because I saw a dog, (laughs) I saw a dog who I was taking care of. I put him in his kennel to go do something. I came back and I said, free, because that's how we let them out of their kennels. Mm -hmm. He came out his kennel. And then immediately went back in his kennel. He'd been whining to be let out. I open the door, I say free. And then he goes back in. And I'm like, there's a word in there somewhere.
0: Yes, that'll preach. <laughs>
1: that'll <laughs> preach. Like, <laughs> don't don't go back into the cage. You are free, baby. Be free.
0: <laughs> yes. I love that. You are free, baby. Be free. That's <laughs> that's the word of God for the people of God right there
1: amen hallelujah
0: (laughs) so let people know how they can follow you and um you know the ways that they can support the work that you're doing
1: um I am not I thought it was so interesting that you reached out to me because I'm not someone with a platform or I'm not doing a bunch of like speaking gigs or anything maybe one day I do believe God is leading in that direction it seems but right now I'm just serving faithfully in my local congregation in uh, North Minneapolis. Um, you can find me at, there's the laundry again. <laughs> you <can find> me, <laughs> Holly, don't forget me. <laughs> um, you can find me at, at Holly Bishu, uh, H-O-L-L-Y B-I-S-H-U. Find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. Um, on Twitter, you will find me talking about often liberation. I think one of my, I think my Twitter bio actually says, let's get free. Um, and, You'll find me talking about what it looks like to love people well. uh, And also probably something about potatoes (laughs) because I really love them. (laughs) I do love to laugh and I I do love to retweet funny things. I think that celebration is so important along the way. That's how we we need to celebrate the victories we've seen so that we'll be emboldened to continue on in the fight. Um, So yeah, that's what you'll find on Instagram. It's me Instagramming my new life. Uh, watch me as I take hold of this liberation for myself.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, Holly, oh, come I, to
1: talk to me. Oh,
0: oh say like, it again. You should talk to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> don't just like, follow. Like engage. Please talk that's to me. What I'm I love
0: Like I love conversation, and especially like on Twitter because you can flesh out your thoughts. And so I be like, can y'all talk to me? Like you don't don't just follow.
1: Engage with me. It's okay. It's like, pre- it's like preaching and nobody says amen. Like, are you, are we here? Are you-
0: right. Like, is there anybody there? <laughs> Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> is it working? <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> anybody out there? And they just staring.
0: Right. <laughs> Holly, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule and just to have a conversation around liberation. And it has been a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you you for having me. This has been so fun for me. Oh, good.